0: Hello and you're very welcome to Music Oz an interview series where I'll be chatting to different people about the role music plays in our lives. I'm Louise O'Connor, a fiddle player from Clare and I'll be joining the dots between music and lots of different areas. You can listen to the podcast on all the usual platforms and on my website louise.ie. You can follow at Music As Podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and please like, subscribe and share the podcast if you enjoy it. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, sixth generation fiddler, songwriter, and multi instrumentalist Claire Sands, who also has a black belt in martial arts. Claire hails from Cork originally, and her curious nature has led her to travelling extensively, infusing myriad influences from around the world with Irish music to create what Hot Press called a unique force in Irish music with her impassioned voice and musical genius on stage. Pure M magazine said Sands has forged a fantastically feisty fusion of folk, jazz and trad that simultaneously soothes and excites as it unfolds. As well as her solo sets, she has collaborated with Mick Flannery, Susan O'Neill, Hot Out Flowers, to name but a few. This year, she's come back to her roots with an immersion in the Irish language and a fascinating project called Teardaca August Foamdaca, Meaning landscapes and soundscapes, which sees her travelling across the country collaborating with four artists in four provinces, creating songs in both the English and Irish language. The whole project is being filmed, and Claire is currently working on a new album which incorporates these collaborations. I really enjoyed this chat with Claire about the magic of the West of Ireland, coming back to your roots, and parallels between music performance and surfing. You can find out all about Claire's upcoming projects and find all her EPs and albums on clairsands.com. I'll open the interview with a track from Claire's EP Basement Sessions called Malachon Real. Claire, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Louise. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great. You're very welcome.
0: It's great to talk to you, Claire. I have been really interested in the creativity that's been flowing <laughs> out of you in these uh, COVID times. So, could you tell me a little bit about? What's going on for you at the moment? I know you are all over the country in these
1: few months. Absolutely, yeah. And um, thanks for having me on. First of all, it's it's great. Um, I know I was telling you about my hectic day today, moving house and coming up to Dublin and everything. And sitting with you and chatting about music. And August agus means uh, landscapes and soundscapes. and it's a project that I dreamt up, I think last summer. Um, after a move. To Connemara. So I moved to Connemara um, on Paddy's Day in 2020, or could have been 2019. How, who knows how long this thing has been going on for? <laughs> but I moved um, to desolate, very, very beautiful Connemara and dreamt up this project. Um, so basically, Teodrica Augustumdrica spans over four seasons throughout the four provinces with four different artistic collaborators. Um, So my Munster collaborator was Susan O'Neill. She's a fantastic singer-songwriter from your part of the world, from County Clare. Um, And we put out Carry My Song uh, in January. And my Ulster collaborators then, my most recent collaboration was with Tommy Sands, phenomenal singer-songwriter from, and also my cousin as well, might I say, (laughs) from uh, County Down, Handy indeed, from County Down, and uh, Tommy was highly involved in the peace process in the troubles and just as a man of peace and an amazing figure, an amazing inspiration figure in my life. And he was um, with the bowled Steve Cooney um, up in Donegal. So we've just put out Aberlum the Ruin. And I'll head then to Connacht to my friend uh, harp harpist and dancer, um, just absolutely brilliant, Brie Jean, and then finishing it up in Leinster with Liam O'Mainly. So Quite a mixture of, of artists, and um, just so honoured that they're all on for it. Yeah. You know,
0: amazing, um, Claire. I was very inspired by how this you dreamt up this project at a time when you know the rug was kind of pulled out from everyone, and anyone who's in the in the music industry was just probably recovering from the shock of. Uh, of Mm -hmm. everything being cancelled for the years so I think like it shows amazing resilience like on on your part and could you tell me a little bit about how that idea emerged when you were down in Connemara? Yeah
1: I yeah the resilience I suppose I think it was really really nice to see how everybody made the pandemic and the lockdown work Mm. especially artists it was Mm. just incredible what people were doing and the amount of phenomenal collaborations that came out of it, you know, Um, and the ingenuity and creativity of the streams and everything. So that was really, really inspirational. Um, How did it come about in Connemara? I think uh, solitude and returning to my roots, you know, and it sounds like the cottage that I was in in Carrow, uh, although there was probably a little bit more people around compared to East Clare, (laughs) it was still quite a change of scenery compared to Cork city, you know? um and in a way when there's no live gigs there's no audience to be bouncing off i was bouncing off nature i was bouncing off the irish language off the stories that i was finding in the area Mm. and i never left quite literally five minutes outside my door and i had the three beaches there to swim in every day Mm. um you know the local lads gail hadn't a clue what they were saying for the first few months giving me periwinkles and just a very very different way of life yeah
0: amazing so you were it was like a total immersion in the irish language and in the sea quite literally as well yeah absolutely and I had, have you done that before like that kind of immersion in in the language and in wil- wilderness like that
1: yeah, yeah yeah the wilderness the Galway wilderness yeah and um, in the language no I mean I had it really like I was fluent in school and you know used to go to yeah. a local musician's house every week just for chorus and was just enamored mm-hmm. by the language but I suppose after college unless you're practicing it it, it tends to disappear um, and I started yeah. learning Italian and Spanish and these other languages and the Irish got pushed to the back of the brain so it was there it just needed to come forward again um so that's really really nice that i've returned to that place because um it's been such a huge part of my life for the last year and through song through through story tunes everything just a massive part
0: yeah and that came into your project then like with your with your songs like carry my song and loved how they they came together mm. like um, in the song with Susan like could you could you tell me a little bit about that the development of that song and the message in it
1: yeah that song and um, going back to the Irish I I think when I moved to, to Connemara I made a conscious decision for whatever I do forward in this life to incorporate the Irish language in there mm. somehow whether it's naming calling a tune in Irish whether it's one or two fuckle like in a song just mm. something that i can do my part every day to just say this is what i'm passionate about um and it was always there with irish traditional music but it's nice to expand that a little bit um, and yeah. and with carry my song with susan and um, i landed up there i think the second week in january we had a week together and for the first few days seen her in about a year we were chatting catching up and um, but then we said okay let's get to work and we went exploring a couple of different sites in Clare. some of them that you might know like st coleman's cave um, and yeah, yeah loads of spots around the burn just looking for somewhere to record the video for the song that we hadn't conceived yet <laughs> mm-hmm. so we were up in st coleman's clapping our hands trying out different reverbs you know traipsing around the burn and just collecting sounds really Um, And it came to Thursday, nothing written yet. The crew were coming on Saturday, nothing written yet. And then, yeah, it it just came very fast. Um, We'd been discussing a lot of different things during the week. And one thing that really resonated with me and still really resonating with me is the darkness that can also be found Mm -hmm. in a lot of those places um, in the West of Ireland. And now I know I'm not from the West of Ireland, Mm -hmm. but I've spent an awful lot of time up around Clare. And of course, for the last year and a half in Connemara and maybe as well, it's in our, it's in our songs and stories and the amount of songs um, about the sea and how it just turns and about drownings. And, uh, you know, so many of those old Shano songs are just mm. are they're, they're heartbreaking, um, but mm. yet it's the most beautiful place in the world in my mind as well. So carrying my song, we wanted to capture the dark and the light really. Um, and the lyrics are really about the dark and the light and moving between the two of them mm. and carrying our song across the sea, no matter what, you know, um, and again, trying to incorporate yeah. the English and the Irish as well, just to to bring it home. Um, so it was quite an experience to get to work with her in in that way, because I've just, I played with Susan many times and it's such a brilliant experience every time, but it's been more as a as a session musician with her, you know and accompanying her material so it was really nice to sit down together and just say let's see what happens you know
0: yeah i think i think that's at the core of a lot of irish music isn't it like the the juxtaposition Mm. of like the the darkness and the light like the music is so you will want you'll want to dance to it and Mm. then you'll almost want to cry like to you know listening to a shano song yeah yeah i think it's it's often those darker periods as well like that
1: creativity comes out of as well like isn't it absolutely i was really thinking about it yesterday because i was on Loch corral you know up in galway for the day Mm. with my dad on his little fishing boat he only gets goes out in it for a few days a year and just Loch car yesterday 16 degrees that's why i have the red face (laughs) and just absolutely beautiful but then in my mind i was thinking of the the tunes and the airs that i know like for example anna coon which is about um a sheep basically putting its foot through the boat and everybody drowning so that sounds like i'm bringing the conversation to a really dark place yeah. but it is the reality as well of, of a lot of those tunes and life in the west of ireland yeah. you know, for a lot of people
0: yeah
1: um it was it was not always easy and i think you see that in in the in the walls even you know <laughs>
0: mm. yeah absolutely okay. and i suppose like speaking irish Immersion in Irish, like, did you find that it put you into a certain kind of headspace, like a different kind of headspace?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. When you're speaking in Irish, everything seems to make a little bit more sense in many ways, you know. And um, well, it didn't for a long time for me when I was trying to listen to these Owlads lads speaking very, very heavy Connemara Irish. But, um, I do love how, how words. It's even hard to describe in English, but how words are just so deep, you know, they just run so, so deep and there's words in Irish that we just do not have in English, you know, and yeah, I I know you mentioned in, um, we were chatting earlier about Mancon McGann and I mean, he has just, that book that he wrote this year, 32 Mm -hmm. Words for Field and his whole outlook has been extremely inspiring as well. Mm. So it was a good year for him to bring that out so I could get, delve deep into it, you know? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. There's so much more nuance in some of the Irish words, isn't it? You mentioned the word pregta for your time, for your time up in Donegal. And yeah, all these little words are just don't quite have the same kind of, yeah, maybe we just feel the effects of them more like they're in our bones somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the juxtaposition of so many of them as well and how they all have sister, uh, you know, and brother words, you know, like one I was thinking about is counter and altars, the, the underworld and the the world we live in now, I suppose, like the other world and how they even sound so similar, like Solus and Dolus. I, I think we were speaking about that in the Carry My Song song. And yeah, it's just the relationship is it's it's brilliant, you know?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think the the music, like the old Irish language songs, they're such a they're a way into like understanding that kind of like in that kind of like depth.
1: Yeah, kinda.
0: Of. And uh, Aberlum de Ruin. Then the that was all. It's all in the the Irish language apart from the the spoken words. So could you tell me a, bit, a little bit about that, like how that song came about and how that collaboration happens.
1: Yeah, that collaboration was me chancing my arm anyway, asking the two lads, <laughs> asking the two lads if they want to get involved, which they said yes. So I was like, great. Um, but the the Aberlumdarun was meant to be, I suppose, the the Teudraca element for spring for an, an taroch. And um, so the the words um, are basically, if I can translate them, now, if I can, Majin Airid Tusi, the spring morning has started. Uh, clean your face with the there's memories in your seeds aham is the first verse and that's mm. meant to be about I suppose t- returning to the old traditional ways that we did have in ireland on Saint bridge's day pe- pe- people w- pe- waking up and going out and washing their faces with you and the red cloth and the trees and leaving out a um a gift at the door for her um, and then yeah I just go into that a little bit more in the second verse talking about young and old making bridges crosses and my words were meant to be uh, um, uh, in response to Tommy's words in the spoken word piece. Mm. And him being a cousin of mine and talking about the generations of fiddlers that have have um, succeeded me, and um, I wanted to to answer that and say, yeah, Tommy, tell me your secrets about you know my heritage, but also mm. I wanted to get these secrets from the ground and from mm. the old traditional ways that, that we did have that yeah. are seem to be returning don't they like people seem to be a little bit more in tune
0: yeah um was the word <laughs> yeah i heard you using uh like a renaissance like a revival of interest yeah like i've 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 come across that revival of interest all right i think it's like just the uh, having more time isn't it we've all yeah. had more time and I, I you're one of your songs let's take the time from your basement sessions like I was listening to that I was like that was almost like prophetic like you know it was like a <laughs> wishing for us to like take more time yeah. like and suddenly yeah. we have all the time in the world so yeah, yeah. I guess like for a lot of people that has been more about connecting to like the place they're from and to yeah to language and you know the as the the old secrets as as you, as you said like of the the
1: hurt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I th- I think we had nothing else left like we had nothing else you know throughout all of the, all of the pandemic you know we couldn't see family couldn't see friends we couldn't go where we wanted there's literally nothing that we wanted in a way other than putting on our Netflix in the evening or whatever takes your fancy but um yeah definitely just returning to the roots and you could at least hold on to that sense of place and heritage and roots and i think that's why there has been such an avioch and you know um and irish music as well Mm. seems to never be in such a healthier place and long may it live hopefully
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely i think yeah the amount of creativity that was happening as you say as you said like in the live streams it was just Mm. incredible like Mm -hmm. it was really inspiring to see like what was going on and I think just everyone everyone needed it everyone yeah like it fed it fed like it fed us it fed everyone Mm -hmm. and I think there's such an appetite now for like that live experience again yeah you know Mm -hmm. and hopefully Mm -hmm. like an an increase in you know the valuing of, of that experience. I well, hope so. You know? I hope so. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I hope so. Just
0: back to the like the video and your like in both videos, uh Carrie Missong and Oberlum the Rune, the landscape seemed to be important, like part of it as well. And then like your movement, like your I loved the way you incorporated like dance like within mm. it as well. Like is that is that important for you to like to have that like Embo- embodies experience um
1: uh, yeah I don't know what came over me that I maybe it was a little bit of putching that I had <laughs> like I don't know what came over me but I honestly woke up that morning of the morning of the, the shoot and I was like I need to run up that mountain full blast like with no shoes just as fast as I can go and so the two girls um Lioden and Akash and he ran on who've been, directing and filming everything who were just amazing women and um, they were like, okay. So we were bolting up this mountain as fast as we could go. Everyone tripping, falling everywhere, like in this blizzard of, of snow. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So the morning that we were meant to film was just a Donegal blizzard, you know?
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. But
1: yeah. I think movement and just being totally free and actually not giving two shits <laughs> what yeah. anyone thinks, like, you yeah. know, and just being completely loose. Um, yeah. And I just loved it. It was great crack jumping around Donegal Mountain with, with no um, reserves. But I think, yeah. yeah, poor old Steve was a bit, a bit scared. <laughs> like so at grand. the point, <laughs> he was grand, I'd say, but there was one point, all right, like when I was up on the chair in front of him, just losing it all together. And he was like, Claire's been working her pagan magic on me. Can I leave now? <laughs> we were like, yes, yeah, Steve, go and have some cake. So, yeah, but. Roll with this, push it. push the boat. Brilliant! Yeah.
0: I know, like you have this whole side to you, Claire. That is, I know you're a black belt in in various <laughs> martial arts, if that's right. And you've written like a mm-hmm. beautiful song about surfing and Claire, which I love. Um, <laughs> so yes. I'm sure that that side of you like serves you like in in the kind of resilience. That's required to be a a Mm. touring artist as well i'd say
1: yeah martial arts has been a huge part of my life like um pretty huge i started training in karate when i was about eight and did get my black belt and went over and represented ireland and italy and all this sort of stuff and but do you know something it's not that different from music in many ways i mean it's a very solitary activity that you have to be fully yep. invested in you know yep. there's there's no messing and um not missing training sessions similar to your violin lessons or whatever else mm. you know it's really dedicated and definitely it's nice to know when traveling and that like i i wouldn't be i'd be fairly handy like to defend myself oh, okay. i hope <laughs> um but. Yeah, you know, I'll have to give you some lessons for your South American, yeah, anyone South American. Absolutely. Trips. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Would it help? Does it help you like mentally, like as well, you know, that kind of discipline, you know, to just keep yourself like, keep yourself right when you're like traveling all over the world, yeah. touring?
1: for sure sports and uh, like at the moment for the last year or two, it's just been swimming sea swimming sea swimming sea swimming and not doing big massive swims by any means but getting into it most days and it is rejuvenation and just such reinvigoration as well and so that definitely grounds me and a lot of the time when I have loads of gigs whenever they last where I look for the nearest swim spot and like I am that weird person that's like up at the party all night like playing away but then I'm gone the next morning like to the nearest swim spot you know and like look like a ghost gone face but (laughs) um yeah definitely I would highly encourage everybody to to get deep into the the well of the sea you know
0: yeah I'm a big fan also of swimming (laughs) and I was thinking about I suppose the surfing, the kind of parallels with playing music, when you surf, like it's maybe 20% skill and trend, I think. And then it's like the rest Mm. is just is a head game, you know, to like Mm. to Mm. kind of push yourself to get over kind of fear, I suppose. And I was thinking about that with, with performance, like and with kind of presenting yourself artistically, like you can have all the skill, technically be a really good player. But you know, yeah. there's so much of a head game to present yourself, to make yourself visible, and just at some point you just have to go for it. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. present your projects, present your ideas. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, is it something you've always been comfortable with to perform, to be main stage and doing your solo solo sets?
1: Um, I I definitely get really really shy for sure. You know, yeah. you might not think it, mm-hmm. but like the interview i just did there in rt i didn't say two words like thank god another fellow with me and he was like claire's being very humble and quiet and i was like "Eh." and i like to just express it in the music i think yeah know. um and yeah i but i I do i you have to believe in what you're doing or else nobody else will believe in it Mm. you know um and something i've been thinking recently about and maybe it's just Funnily enough, I was really thinking about Bob Dylan because it's his birthday was this weekend and about all the songs he robbed, you know, and the inspiration from the Clancy's and all the different. And he just studied music for years and spent so long, like before he released anything, just traipsing around apartments in the East Village and West Village and taking into consideration everybody else's records and just learning, learning, learning. And you hear so many of those influences in, in his music and I suppose I was thinking about authenticity in music and like does it exist or is it just like what we believe and whether our heart is in it so Mm. I try to like live by that that I have my heart into it or else like I'm not going to believe it Mm. and I can't say this is my original fiddle playing because it's coming from somewhere else Mm. in a way as well you know Mm. so I that's the only thing and um, that I try to to live by but it doesn't mean that I'm not absolutely breaking it <laughs> before a load of gigs you know yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's really common isn't it like people who you know present as, as very confident performers like that mm. actually are have that kind of shyness like kind of in in the yeah. background and that yeah and yeah. yeah it's it's a it's a head game <laughs> a, yeah, l- a yeah. lot of You're it right. isn't it like yeah kind of just putting that confidence on like <laughs> you know yeah yeah the idea of music as self-development I think is very mm. is very interesting how you you project these different parts of yourself on stage and kind of almost become like a a, a different version of your, of yourself almost yeah. sometimes.
1: I totally agree. Yeah
0: and I know you've traveled an awful lot of Claire and we we're talking a, a little bit about that but I, I found it so interesting how you are t- taking influences from like from Central America and from all these different countries mm. um, you've been to could you tell me a little bit about your like your traveling experiences and how they like have have shaped and um, combined with your traditional music
1: sure yeah Um I suppose every January I went away by myself anyway for mm. the last like five or six years and um, so to Guatemala and Morocco and Cuba and uh, Mexico and um, yeah a lot of very um, mm. magical musical places and you definitely are everybody's best friend when you have a fiddle and a guitar in your back and yeah. not much else you know and um, but it's a great way to travel music is just such a universal language and mm. it doesn't matter what anybody's speaking you know and um, you just sit down in a session and so yeah definitely have just picked up so many little um tricks <laughs> tricks of the trade along the way and um, but have just been music just has no mm. um boundaries and have been completely enamored with different cultures and different musics and in all regards like in regards to food mm. their textiles their art whatever else so in particular i think two years ago was was morocco and that was definitely mm. a massive influence you know playing with the the gnawa and the, the local berbers in in um like the main square there in Marrakesh was definitely uh yeah put you in quite a trance and it, it comes out a few years later like you're playing a reel and then you're like oh <laughs> that that note shouldn't be there you know and um, so yeah to just take it all in and um yeah just a great a great great way to get to to chat to people and know people on yeah the road.
0: amazing and I know like you're describing your your style as developing almost like uh, jazzy and like Bos- bossa nova influences yeah. yeah like i think it's um so like your 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 malacon um reel yeah that reel um just has a gorgeous jazzy feel to it i think it's love it's lovely to dance <laughs> yeah. to like it's Thank really you. really nice uh yeah.
1: good i'll have to try the dancing to it at some yeah, point <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I was playing it for my um, Shannos students and th- they loved it. <laughs> great,
1: great, yeah, that was named after the the main boardwalk in Havana oh, okay. is called the Malacan, like similar to Hill Prom or like the main promenade. So yeah. that's where that came from. And and I had this amazing basement in Cork City, like amazing basement yeah. in the heart of the city. So um, the minute I came back, just got all the players together and said, right, Yeah. Let's let's uh, see what happens here with this, you know. So that was was a great experience.
0: Yeah. So your basement project was almost like setting you up well for COVID, like, wasn't it? Like you kind of locked yourself away in the basement for a while and kind of immersed, just had all your instruments. And uh, I remember Mm -hmm. you were saying, like, if I ever get out of this basement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was like yeah you had already done like a kind of a, a similar kind of total total immersion for yeah. a, a while you?
1: yeah that's true that's true yeah and definitely that that EP was all of the influences you know they were just all there and and it's been nice now maybe just with a bit of maturity a bit of time to yeah. just take and choose those take and pick those influences and as I said the music has definitely because it's come home again you know It's come home to what it started as when I was Mm. a seven year old girl, like, you know, playing tunes with my dad and, and it's come back to that, but I needed a few years of exploration and long may they continue. Um, And I've definitely found where my passion is and has always been. It just gets a little bit, it it just veers and you, you go down all the roads of the crossroad before you keep going straight, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And do you, have, do you have a burning desire to, to get on the road again? Are you dying to get on the road, like to get on tour and and travel? You know what? I wasn't.
1: Yeah, I wasn't until about two days ago. I don't know what shifted, you know? I don't know what shifted. Maybe it was talk of all these tours coming up. And when, when people start talking about it again, it definitely plants the seed. And you can't, it starts to grow. Yeah. You can't, you can't stop that. Um so I mean 2022 is looking really really exciting, like really, really exciting. So let's just hope that it all goes ahead and but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I feel ready now. I feel like like totally ready, which is really nice because I would not have been saying this a year ago or two years ago. Um just needed time to to get all the tools in place and and figure out um where I'm going and I'm just going going home. <laughs> you know
0: yeah yeah this this project is just an incredible marker of this year like with with the four seasons isn't it? Mm,
1: and I suppose the project as well has also turned into my I'm calling it really a debut album in many ways because I feel like it is a rejuvenation and it's a a, a fresh start back to to what I know so and um, a lot of those songs will be featured on that as well and just in the final stages of that, like mixing and mastering mm. it at the moment, which is really, really exciting. Um, all conceived in Connemara, all more or less about the West of Ireland and the, the stories and sounds that I collected. So I'm really looking forward to to getting that out in the world whenever that may be like 2030. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Soon, anyway, soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Brilliant. And you have your autumn chapter with Whitley Mowenley. Yeah.
1: You? yeah 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 he was up actually at the weekend in Cairo. we were doing a little gig up a mountain there for a trad picnic and so that was brilliant just no set list just wanted to see what happened and we played all sorts of music from a bosnian african irish country everything it was a lot of fun
0: amazing yeah
1: yeah so we just see what happens with the the rest of the as i was saying to you it's fairly fast changeover. like it's it's shot and recorded in a week and it's out three or four weeks later and that's all the amount of time that I can put it before I get want to do something else so yeah um, and yeah. yeah it's fairly fast changeover but it's exciting <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I love I loved your yeah. your collaboration with for TradFest. you had a collaboration with hothouse flowers oh that thanks was, yeah looks like great crack <laughs> that's good.
1: it was that was the first gig I think all last year so that was just brilliant yeah a great great bunch of lads to get to play with for yeah sure. yeah There's
0: there's such a buzz off of playing with other humans now. (laughs) I've gotten a little taste for it doing it outdoors now um, recently, but uh, just playing with other people again, like, yeah, there's nothing like it.
1: Long long may it last, like, you know, long may it last.
0: absolutely. So it's been absolutely lovely, Claire, to talk to you about your current and past
1: projects. Thanks, Louise. So nice chatting to you and I'm delighted we, we... yeah the paths our paths haven't crossed yet but they have in many other ways and all the the funny similarities of all our interests so just absolutely delightful to talk to you like
0: yeah so we'll meet up for a and claire and we'll bring our fiddle
1: our fiddle yes (laughs) at the same time absolutely at the same time
0: (laughs) brilliant okay thanks a and claire thank you for listening to the music as podcast i hope you enjoyed today's interview with claire you can follow the podcast at music as podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now on YouTube also. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share the podcast if you enjoy it. See you next time.